Yeah, I, I think our experience is if you put out a if you put out a, a call and say climate change, peak oil, uh, the environmental threats, you get one group of people rush into the room, and they tend to be people who have a little more social capital. They tend to be white. They tend to be people who, for whom the environmental threat, they understand that as a paramount threat. If you put out the call for local jobs, jobs of the future, uh, ways to address rising energy costs, uh, youth opportunity, uh, decent wages and opportunities and livelihoods, then you get another, and, and, and you want to address inequality, both race and class inequality, you get another group of people in the room. So our challenge has been from the very beginning to try to, as part of the DNA of our group, say that the equity issues are central to our transition and sustainability. We want to live in a community that ha that is flourishing and is much more equal than the society at large. So part of that is is being just in relationship and listening and understanding what the different concerns are of different segments of the community and really thinking about how do we address that. We, the other night we did a program on, on sort of organizing a time bank where people could exchange hours. And what was interesting was a lot of people came that were underemployed or unemployed, economically struggling. And they saw this as a way that they could use their time and talents and be rewarded for that, mm -hmm. as opposed to sitting isolated and discouraged about their employment prospects. That's exactly what we want to be doing. Uh, and the more that time bank reflects people's real needs, you know, as well as our our enrichment goals. You know, I want to learn to play the guitar, or I want to, uh, you know, learn a skill. It can be a place where people can can skill. I think with young young people in the neighborhood, if we say to folks, we want to help our young people prepare for the future jobs, and those aren't going to look like the jobs of the last thirty years. It's not going to be. We're not going to be all going to school and going to college so we can work in banks and finance. But in fact, the, you know, they're going to be, it's supporting people who want to be entrepreneurs. You want to start a taxi business, uh, you want to start a food-related business. So I think the more we're working with younger people in the neighborhood and saying, you know, <clears throat> I'm sorry, a lot of the schooling is a little bit of a cruel hoax because we're not really preparing you for the future. Mm -hmm. But you have the that there are people in the neighborhood who have some really good skills, and they're not usually the people who are lift, lifted up and rewarded. Here's here's uh, Sage Radowski who can t teach you how to do wood skills, and here's Bike Stop Bombs who can teach you to be a bike mechanic. Mm -hmm. People say, well, that's kind of like trade school. Well, actually, let's let's lift up in value and celebrate those trades, <clears throat> just like we did a hundred years ago. So I think that the more we speak to the livelihood questions, mm -hmm. you've said that. Peter said that mm. the more relevant will be. Um, people want to have, you know, the more we speak to existing businesses and say we can help you flourish and expand your customer base. Uh, if every one of those little local livelihood businesses in our neighborhood added one or two employees, that would have a huge impact on employment. Mm. So I think that's part of it. But I think having addressing sort of race and class right at the get go. It's not easy, and I think that's where foundations and funders and others can help provide capacity mm. to do the organizing in communities of color that can help, mm. help that from the get-go.